Good morning. Good morning. Happy New Year. How was it for you? I know Gabby asked you, and it was very. Gabby, sorry, can you help me uh, move this a little up? Thank you so much. It was a very different New Year's Eve, right? Yeah, at least it wasn't for me like we usually celebrate. We usually have family or we are with many friends at church or we are at church and now we had to do things on a smaller level. But they say that good things come in, in small boxes or small things. But we appreciate that we could, uh, together we started from the January 1st to January 2nd, a 24-hour prayer chain that many of you participated. And it was our way as a community to surrender our lives and this new year to the Lord, believing in that He is able to do more than all of us put together. Our God is able to uh, do amazing, beautiful things according to his good plans for us in this new year, 2021. And our Riverside Pastors Retreat this year, this last year, we received from the Lord a word that became our chosen theme for 2021. And it's called Arise, Shine. And it's based on Isaiah 60, knowing that this year will likely continue to be a very challenging year. The pandemic, everyone says, all the experts say, it's not going to go uh, away anytime soon. Global economies are struggling. And, and when we look at, to our neighborhoods, to our friends, we, we, it's, almost, uh, it's almost possible for us to feel the fear and the uncertainty and the hopelessness that is in the air. And everyone is sort of struggling. And that is why the prophet Isaiah's words ring true now more than ever before. So I want to invite you all to stand and read with me this passage that is going to be our theme for 2021. So let's read together. It says in Isaiah 60 verses 1 and 2, Get up and shine because your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines on you. Darkness now covers the earth. Deep darkness covers her people. But the Lord shines on you. And people see his glory around you. Amen. You may be seated. So it's a beautiful passage in the Old Testament. And when we, the church of Jesus, come to passages like these in the Old Testament, we can study uh, them in a few different ways. Um, we can look into it in a more contextualized way. We can look uh, at the context, at the meaning it had for the people who originally received the, the message. So it's a historical interpretation. But we can also receive it with a fresh inspiration from the Holy Spirit that makes it applicable and relevant for, for God's people in different times, in different circumstances, including ours today. So it's a more prophetic interpretation, if, if we want to call it that way. So which approach should we use for this passage today? The right answer is both. So let's start with the historical point of view. And, and to find 
this, this context, we just need to read the previous chapter that gives us plenty of information about what was going on in the world when God declared this in Isaiah 60. So let's read together Isaiah 59. It's quite a few verses, but bear with me as this is a very important passage for us to understand. So the world, how was the world back then? It's, Isaiah says, we wait for the light, but there is only darkness now. We hope for a bright light, but all we have is darkness. We are like the blind feeling our way along a wall. We feel our way uh, as if we had no eyes. In the brightness of day, we trip as if it were night. We have done many wrong things against our God. Our sins show we are wrong. And we know we have turned against God. We know the evil things we have done. Sinning and rejecting the Lord. Turning away from our God. Planning to hurt others and to disobey God. Planning and speaking lies. So we have driven away justice. And we have kept away from what is right. Truth is not spoken in the streets. What is honest is not allowed to enter the city. Truth cannot be found anywhere. And people who refuse to do evil are attacked. So the prophet Isaiah is giving us a picture of what it was like to live in the kingdom of Judah in the 6th century before Christ. This is how old this passage is. It seems very Actual, very uh, up-to-date, but it was actually the 6th century before Jesus. And this is not a pretty picture. You can feel this, this sense of desperation in the prophet's voice when he sees all this moral and spiritual darkness around him. And he shares with us the main reason for all of this. We have turned against God. Chapter 59 actually begins this way, verses 1 and 2. It says, surely the Lord's power is enough to save you. He can hear you when you ask him for help. It is your evil that has separated you from your God. Your sins cause him to turn away from you, so he does not hear you. So when the world goes through hard times, it starts questioning God's goodness and God's power. Maybe the God that Christians follow is not the true God because if, if the Christian's God was the real God, he would be all-powerful, he would be all-knowing, he will be all-loving, and he would save us from these troubled times. But Isaiah rebutes the, these arguments with a simple but a truthful argument. First, God's power is still enough to save us. God still has the same power he had when he created the universe, when he said in the beginning, let there, will, let there be light. God is still the same all-powerful God. So there's not a problem with his power. So maybe if power is not the issue, maybe he doesn't know all things. How is it possible for God to, to know every heart, to listen to every prayer from everyone around the world at the same time? Time, Maybe God has that problem that we would have for sure. But Isaiah also guarantees God can listen just fine. Even though he's eternal, he exists from the beginning until the end. He, he has no beginning and he has no end. But he's not old. He doesn't have a hearing problem. 
He listens just fine. So if he wants to help us, if he loves us, if he is powerful enough to help us, if he can listen to us, if he knows the cry of our hearts, if he knows the circumstances that we are all living in, that this world is facing right now, why are we living this way? And Isaiah says, it is your evil. It is your sin that has separated you from God. The Lord is not to blame for the situation the world has found itself in. Our wrongdoings are the cause of all these hardships. So where is God in the middle of all of this? Where is God when we can only feel the darkness, when we're trying to figure out our way, when we are walking in the light, but it feels that we don't know where to go? And the Bible continues saying, the Lord looked and could not find any justice, and he was displeased. He could not find anyone to help the people, and he was surprised that there was no one to help. So he used his own power to save the people. His own goodness gave him strength. He covered himself with goodness like armor. He put the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on his clothes for punishing and wrapped himself in the coat of his strong love. So God, when he looks at the situation that the world is living in, so when God looks at the nations and he looks at the tribes, when he looks at the circumstances that we're all facing, God was, is also displeased. God does not find contentment in seeing us struggling in seeing the world going from bad to worse. And he says that there was no one who could change this situation. And in the context of Israel, the situation got so bad that their neighbors, the Assyrian Empire, I don't know if you uh, love history or not, but if you just watch a few documentaries about the Assyrian Empire and everything that they did as a nation to conquer and um, other lands is, is terrible. So this, this empire tormented the people of Israel. They invaded them and took them captive to a foreign land. It was definitely one of the darkest times in the history of Israel. But Isaiah says that when God looked to all of this, God, God rolled up his sleeves and he did something about it. He decided to put on his work clothes. It says that he put on his, um, this, uh, this, uh, sorry, this armor with it, of his goodness, the helmet of salvation on his head. He got read himself ready to do something about it. And he did. And history tells us that 70 years after this time, the Lord brought his people back to the land of Israel. So the Lord was preparing himself to do something new, to write a new chapter in this story, the story of his people. And this is what brings us to Isaiah 60, verse 1. Get up and shine because your light has come and the glory of the Lord shines on you. In times of severe darkness, when countries, empires, tribes, they were shaking, they were crumbling in terror, the Lord is telling his people, get up and shine. Because times of darkness are not going to end anytime soon, but now is the time for you, the people of the Lord, to get up and shine. And everyone else might be living in darkness, 
but the Lord himself is shining on you. And they will see his glory in your life. So when the people heard this, it was prophetic because they were still living in Israel. The Assyrian Empire wasn't coming onto them anytime soon. So beforehand, before their neighbors turned on them, before they were suffering, before anything came into their lives, the Lord was already prophesying, I am going to deliver you. My, I, have, I don't have a hearing problem. My power is not less than it was in the beginning. I am the same glory that you need to trust. Even if circumstances go from bad to worse, I am your God, the Lord Almighty, and I am the one who will deliver you. And this is a beautiful account of what happened to Israel a long, long time ago. So what does this have to do with us today? The Church of Christ. And that's why we should also read this passage with a prophetic understanding that comes from the Holy Spirit of God. And the word says in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful for teaching, for showing people what is wrong in their lives, for correcting faults, and for, and for teaching how to live right. And 2 Peter says, it is good for you to follow closely the message the prophets gave as you would follow a shining, uh, shining light in a dark place until the day begins and the morning star rises in your hearts. So this, all of this means that the Lord wants to speak to us using his word. That the Lord is still able to bring comfort of correcting, of, of uh, teaching us, of shining his light in our hearts so that we can understand what comes from him. And that's why this message from Isaiah 60 still brings us light in a very dark 21st century. And I say very dark, and uh, maybe you don't agree with me, and many people argue that mankind has never been better um, before than it is right now. We have science and technology that is bettering our lives from health, from education, transportation, um, uh, nourishment, housing, Technology and science and every and politics have bettered our lives in significant ways. And it's true. But while many people are enjoying these benefits of this new area, the problems with the human heart remain the same. There's still very few people that truly seek God. Actually, the world keeps moving further away from God at every move. The way society is treating the poor, the widow, the orphan, the migrant, the refugee, the way it's disregarding life on the womb, the way it's using people and forcing people into slavery and human trafficking only in the name of profit. The way it keeps trying to rewrite human sexuality, taking it from the holy cycle of marriage into, and transforming it into a selfish, self-gratifying tool that anyone can use at any time. And this is just to name a few things. While the world is offering better conditions maybe for some of its inhabitants to live in, Unfortunately, the human heart remains the same. 
And we are still facing the consequences. The world of Isaiah 59 has never been more present than today. Truth is not spoken in the streets. What is honest is not allowed to enter the city. Truth cannot be found anywhere, and people who refuse to do evil are attacked. So what is the hope for the church today? What is the hope for God's people today? What is the Lord telling us? He is telling us exactly what he's telling his people, the people of Israel in Isaiah 60. He's telling us, get up and shine because your light has come. Church of Jesus in the New Testament, people of God in the Old Testament, you need to get up and shine because your light has come. You and I are called to live in the light and not live in the darkness any longer. Darkness may still be covering the earth, but the Lord is shining on us. The King James translation says arise, but the translation that I'm using is called New Century Translation, New Century Version, because people in this new century, they need to understand what the Word of God is saying and literally what the Lord is telling you and me today that even though we feel the darkness around us, even though we feel that circumstances are not going for us, even though that we can understand that there's uncertainty and fear in the future because we don't know what is going on, the Word of God is telling to us in this new century, you and I, we need to get up and shine. We cannot remain the same. We cannot remain seated. We cannot just feel this this situation just taking us over, we are called to get up because there is a need for us to shine. And how do we shine? How can we shine? Where do we find the strength and the energy to do anything different than the world is doing? Jesus said in John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. The person who follows me will never live in darkness, but will have the light that gives life. Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the light of the world. This means that if we're able to recognize that the world lives in darkness, we have to understand and let everyone know that Jesus is the one that can truly change things. People of God, we need to understand that the answer, the solution that this world needs, that you and I need, is found in the mighty person of Jesus Christ and his love. Jesus is still the light of the world. He is the one that can truly change things for the better. Right before Jesus was born, the last prophecy that was given about Jesus is found in Luke chapter 1. It was given by Zechariah, and he said, Because of God's tender mercy. Because of God's tender mercy. When he thinks about you and me, when he looks at you, he sees someone that he loves. Still, when he looks into this world, with all its wrongdoings, with all its evil, with all its problems, still when God looks to you and me, he looks with eyes of love. 
He looks with mercy, with the eyes of a good father. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to visit us, to give light to those who sit in darkness, in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the path of peace. Jesus is this morning star. His arrival is compared with the sunrise. I don't know if you like to get up really early in the morning, but experiencing a sunrise is one of the most beautiful things. It gives us energy. It gives us understanding because it changes everything. There's no spot on this planet that can shy away when the sun just comes out of the horizon and tells us it's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new opportunity. It's a new story. It's a new chapter. It's something new that God is giving. And the word of God is saying when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, he was this sunrise. A sunrise that shined in the middle of darkness. That everyone who is seated in darkness, everyone who is hopeless, everyone that was sad and in sorrow, they, they didn't have to live in darkness any longer. His light shines in the darkness and shines in the darkness of our own hearts and lives. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, is the one who shined in our hearts to give us the light of the glorious knowledge of God in the face of Christ. When Jesus shines in our hearts, we can see him for who he truly is. We can see ourselves for who we truly are. We can begin, we can begin to understand the purpose of our lives. We don't have to come to the end of our lives to think that everything was uh, for nothing, God declared in the beginning, let there be light. It's the same God, the same God that you and I love today. It's the same God that loves you today. It's the same God that is powerful to give you the word that can change the circumstances that you and I are living in. Just one word from our Lord and God in this world can change. Because he is the, the Lord that brings light out of darkness. Let there be light. He is still in the business of driving out darkness and bringing light to us. It doesn't matter if it's darkness in the whole universe or if it's darkness in your soul and in your life. Jesus brings light to the heart of every born again Christian, of everyone who has embraced Jesus. And this light, is never going to go away. This light that you have received from Jesus is never, ever going to go away. Jesus is still shining on you today. Paul keeps sharing, as he wrote in Corinthians, he shares in Ephesians 5. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of life consists in all goodness, all righteousness, and all truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. So he starts by reminding us, the church, the body of Christ, that once 
we were darkness. Note that he is not saying that we were once in darkness. He is actually going further because the problem was worse than that. The fact is we were darkness. Because when we are not light in the world, we are darkness in the world. The same way that light communicates and spreads, so does darkness. And when we were living in darkness, the only thing that we could spread, the only thing that we could give to others was even more darkness. But now we are light in the world because he shined on us. Jesus shined on us not because of anything that we did, not because we deserved it, but his light shined on us and he changed our lives. He transformed the darkness that was inside of us and he gave us the light that gives life. My brother and sister, Jesus is still the light of the world. He is still your light. And God is calling you out to get up and shine. Because the Lord is great in your life. Because the Lord hasn't changed his power. Because the Lord hasn't stopped hearing you. You are still able to shine because the Lord is shining on you. And when we shine, we are a reflection of his goodness. We are a reflection of his righteousness, of his truth. This world is living in darkness, but it needs to know that there is a God that loves. There is a God that cares. There is a God that is still able to change the circumstances that we're living in. I want to invite the worship team to come. Get up and shine. Because your light has come. And I know that many of us haven't started this year with the right mindset. The most incredible circumstances that we could. We're all very aware of our limitations, of our fears. And I don't know if you are someone that likes to do New Year's resolutions. I try to think at least of one thing that I can do. Last year was actually reading the Bible from cover to cover, and, uh, and some of us managed to do it. So it's, sometimes it's good to have a purpose to decide. In this new chapter, in this new year, I have a goal. I have a purpose. But even if we don't see how God can do all things new, even if we are still crumbling in terror and fear like the people of Israel did many, many years ago. And going through hardships and circumstances that, if we compare them, are probably much, much lighter than anything that we're going through now. But still, the, the Lord in His tender mercy, He spoke. And he's saying, yes, there's lots of darkness. I'm not pleased with that. I know it's, things seem out of control. And I know that my people are suffering. I know that my church is suffering. But church, my people, 
I need you to get up. I need you to get up and shine because your light has come. You have all the light that you need in Jesus Christ. You have everything you need in Jesus so that you don't succumb to the circumstances, so that you're, you're not giving up. You can shine with the light that comes from Him. Jesus has come. And He has won the victory. We, we already sang about it this morning. He died on the cross. He paid the price, the penalty for all our sins. We're in the victory team. We're on the winning side. The Lord shines on you. He is giving life. And I want you to take this promise in Isaiah 60. It says the people will see His glory around you. God has much glory to shine in your heart, to shine in your life in 2020. God has much to do with us and through us as his church in 2021. God wants to take us further and wants to, to rise us so that we can shine his life in this city of Lisbon. So that we can continue impacting the world. People from many, many nations that come to this place can be transformed and impacted with the love of God. Because Jesus is still the light of As we begin 2021, I challenge you and me to embrace the Word of God, to take what the Holy Spirit is telling us, to accept God's plans and purposes for us, even in troubled times, the Lord is with us. I want to invite you to stand with me as we prepare our hearts to worship Jesus. Lord, we are grateful for a new year, for a new opportunity, for a new word that comes from you, a word that is applicable to us today in the 21st century, going through so many hardships and struggles, personal, collective, so many that are worldwide struggles. Lord, but we choose to rejoice in we choose to declare that we believe in you. We have faith in you. We have faith in your word and what you say to us today. Lord, and even though we don't feel qualified, we don't feel capable of changing the world, of changing things. Lord, we want to obey. Lord, help us to get up and shine. Help us, Lord, to be light in the middle of darkness. Help us to shine with the light of Christ that lives in us today, that is still shining in us. The church, the body of Christ. Jesus, you are still the light of the world. And the church is still shining with the light of the world. Help us to shine brighter and brighter. Lord, help us not to give in 
to the fear and to the circumstances that are trying to trying to make us shy away from this responsibility. Lord, may the light of Jesus shine brighter and brighter in us. And Lord, and if, if even if there's darkness in us, in our souls today, Lord, we pray that this sunrise of Jesus will come out of our hearts. That will drive darkness away. Any darkness, Lord, that is trying to take over, Lord, we pray that darkness away this, this morning in Jesus' name. That it will be a new dawn. There will be the beginning of a new time, of a new chapter of our lives. So that we can follow you and serve you in all truthfulness, in all righteousness. Lord, that we can live as children of the light in this time and age. Believing that you are the God that can change all things for the good. Thank you that you are still working all things for the good. Using those who love you. Using those who have chosen to trust you with their lives. Thank you, Lord, that we can be part of this. Continue to lift us up, Lord. However we are this morning, however we feel. May we stand up and take, Lord, your light. Thank you for everything you're doing in us and through us this morning. In Jesus.